The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome to Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and today... We're talking with Jennifer Wahlberger, who is an amazing woman. I've known her for many years, and she has been blazing new ground with how to raise infants and to raise happy children. And I wanted to uh, definitely been trying to get her on the show for a while, and she's very busy. And so thank you very much for taking the time and being on our show today, Jen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we could finally do this. And I should also add that uh, she is a miracle worker with adults as well, both individually and as parents, because she does the whole family uh, counseling thing. But she's written several books and uh, has been on TV and been featured on Good Morning America, The Today Show, CBS Evening News, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, The Los Angeles Times, People and parents, and she's also got a interesting sideline, and she's a content consultant on the TV show The Pan Pajanimals, uh, <laughs> which is a, a show that Jim Henson Company and Sprout has uh, created. And the two books that she's written uh, for parents is Calm Mama, Happy Baby, and also Sleepy Planet. And she's also has an award-winning book and DVD, The Sleep Easy Solution. So, Jennifer, I, you know, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. Uh, just, uh, you know, let's just start with saying, what is it that you're trying to help parents and and their children uh, learn? Well, first of all, I want to clarify one thing, and that is that. Um, I don't consider myself a so-called parenting expert because, interestingly enough, although I work with children and families, I have not stood in the parent shoes in this lifetime anyway. And so um, what I really uh, bring to the table, you know, I grew up with a single mom who did her absolute best and gave a lot of heart to parenting, um, but that was a time back in the 70s when... Uh, if you got divorced as a mom, there were not a lot of resources for you. And so I grew up with a mom who was pretty overwhelmed a lot of the time. And I really think my kid self went, wow, it should never be that hard for a parent to feel that isolated in their journey. And I also, you know, experienced sort of the trickle-down effect of her overwhelm on me as the kid. And so I think I grew up 
with a passion for really wanting to bring as much support and resources and guidance to parents as I could to help them feel empowered in their journey. Um, but what I don't do is sort of sit on a soapbox and preach about parenting because that would be pretty silly given that I'm not a parent. <laughs> what I can do, though, is help to illuminate some of the places where um, I think it's easy to get stuck as a parent because what I've come to realize in, you know, 20-plus years of working with families is that when you have a child, that child becomes a portal back in time to your own childhood. And so the sort of ominous task, which you know firsthand, James, is that you have this little person in front of you with all kinds of needs, you know, just basic caretaking needs, and also your stuff is coming up all the time. Your emotional stuff is coming up because your past is now your present. And so this ominous task of being able to find a way to balance all of that caretaking and, you know, being present with your child with also being present with your own internal stuff is, is pretty ominous. And so my aim is to offer as much um, in the way of support for parents as I can. Well, that's, uh, I know we all need help. I, I have two sons, and I'm sure I've talked to you before about my experiences with their angst growing up, but um, what is the, you know, one, can you give us some examples of areas where, you know, people need to come to you, and uh, if they're experiencing these kinds of problems that you can help them with? Sure. Well, um, at Sleepy Planet, we have a few different um, areas that we help parents with, and one is that we have groups for parents, mostly moms, first-time moms, second-time moms, although more and more the dads are wanting to get in on those groups, and so um, that's been a, a fun new development in the last couple of years. Um, we also have a subspecialty in children's sleep, and then, you know, I consult with parents on just about everything you could imagine related to family life, whether it's the transition to parenthood or conflict in the couple relationship or child's behavior. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm really helping those parents to do is dig beneath um, the triggers that are coming up in any particular arena to, you know, what is it for them that's hard about that and what is really at the root of that trigger. So, you know, there are plenty of things that someone can do to, for instance, address a child's behavior. You know, you can do ABC technique or you can, you know, give them calm down time. And there's all these, you know, sort of tools that you can use in the moment. But the truth is, if you aren't getting at that deeper root of really what your trigger as the parent is emotionally, then the behavior probably isn't going to change because little kids, well, kids of any age really, are mirrors for us. And whether you're the parent or whether you have a child in your orbit somewhere, um, either an extended family or, you know, friends, kids or whatever it may be, um, that child is so attuned to their environment that they're going to reflect back that environment to their environment. So 
That's why in the researching of the Calm Mama Happy Baby book, for instance, with Derek O'Neill, we really looked very deeply into, well, just how does that work with energy? But energy is incredibly contagious with kids, and they sponge up whatever's bouncing around. So uh, if if I understand what you're saying, then, you know, the parents, if they have a problem in but with their children's behavior, it, it could be something they have to look at in themselves. Is that is that a correct interpretation of what you said? If you want more than a Band-Aid solution, yes. And, you know, this is really no different than how it is in any relationship, whether you're talking about, you know, couple relationship, partnership, or friendship, or, you know, boss, uh, employee, or just about any relationship you could imagine, everybody is always mirroring back to us who we are. But I think the volume really gets turned up in the parent-child relationship because of that past history and because of your own, you know, uh, inherited family conditioning and the conditioning that you've inherited from society about what a parent is supposed to be and what a kid is supposed to be in all kinds of layers. So the intensity of the emotion, I think, as a parent in relationship with your child is just so huge that unless you get to those deeper pieces of why you're really being triggered, you'll have temporary, you know, shifts in your relationship with your child. But to really have the kind of experience as a parent that um, I think most parents want to have, which is to be available and present and enjoying their child and really experiencing true connection and deep intimacy with their child, you have to do that inner work. And so as difficult and challenging as I think it can be, it's so worth it. Well, I can certainly understand that um, the, the, you know, how body language and how, you know, stares and how, you know, the way we interact with our children has a lot to do, especially in their younger years, with how they, you know, perceive the world. And, you know, do you ever have clients come in and the, and the pay it, parents say, that, look, this isn't about us, this is about our child. You know, it's, the child is acting out. We don't, we can't control it. And so, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> your resistance to the resistance to the idea that, you know, you might be causing this problem, mom and dad. Yes, um, absolutely. And I think that's a very common trap to fall into. And, um, you know, it's like you don't know what you know until you know it. And so I think, again, this has been the way that society has really dealt with children for, you know, generations, that going back to the Victorian era, children should be seen and not heard. And, you know, so there's there's been this kind of outdated idea or belief that, you know, fix the child and then somehow the family magically gets fixed. And so I think a lot of parents have unwittingly bought into that Um, but I think that, you know, when the veil can be pulled back from, you know, that sort of mistaken idea that, um, 
we don't have to ever take personal responsibility in relationship, that there's something else that somebody can do to change and that will help us feel better. That's really a sign of, you know, it's just an indication that we haven't grown up ourselves. And so really um, the deeper work as a parent that I enjoy helping to facilitate is growing up yourself. And whether you actually have a child or not, we all know, <laughs> we've experienced it in ourselves to some degrees and we've experienced it in, you know, other adult relationships that we've had. There are all these sort of pockets and cul-de-sacs um, that, you know, pain and, and trauma and things that you experienced in your own childhood that you carry forward into adulthood and to those adult relationships and to your own interactions. And it isn't until you sort of bump up against the pain of something similar that you have an opportunity to reawaken that past wound and take a deeper look at what you may have missed the first time around. So kids, you know, really can't always be present, all the way present with their pain because they're trying to survive. And so as a child, you often, when you go through a painful or traumatic experience, you sort of shut a part of yourself away to be able to move on and survive. And then later in life, you know, these triggers happen and that pain gets reawakened. And so the opportunity is to go, oh, there's something here for me to look at. And, you know, healing must involve taking responsibility for that internal experience that you're, ha- that you're having. Even if you had a difficult childhood yourself, even if you experienced a lot of pain in your own um, relationship with your own parents, even if you went through lots and lots of things that anybody would say, oh my gosh, that's really, really intense. At some point, you have to take responsibility for the experience that you're having here and now. And that's the only way that I've personally experienced and, you know, what I've seen in my work um, allows for lasting change. Well, I, I have to, you know, this is just such high-level consciousness that, that um, I don't know that many or the parents that I knew growing up certainly didn't know this. And because it was, you know, my way or you get the rod. And certainly, uh, you know, maybe improving, uh, people may be waking up, maybe people are growing in, in their consciousness of what they do really does affect their children, uh, especially at an early age. But can, do you have any idea, you know, this is a very, very evolved view of the world. How many parents out there actually know this? I mean, are there any parents out there that, um, actually have a conscious way of raising their kids or do we all need help? <laughs> well, I think uh, happily more and more parents really are awakening to uh, these kinds of teachings thanks to a growing network of professionals who are um, sharing these teachings and thanks to the parents themselves who you know, as far as what I've seen, increasingly seem to have the courage and the wherewithal to step in to these ideas and these teachings. And also thanks to the kids that are coming onto the planet right now, the kids that are coming onto the planet right now. If you either have a child or 
you spend any kind of time around children, we can all see that something dramatic has happened with this generation of child. These kids are incredibly aware and attuned, and they're so fiercely who they are. Unlike us, they are not going into any box. So, you know, when I was a kid, I was what I would sort of, you know, say I was a sensitive child. I, I felt things very deeply, and I easily picked up on others' energy, and, you know, nobody knew how to talk to us about that kind of stuff when we were kids. And so I sort of looked around and went, well, that's not an asset. That's a liability because I could get teased for that or who I am and the way I am, you know, like you, you were saying, you know, didn't work for my parents and maybe I got punished for that or maybe they tried to shut that down, you know, because of their own um, capacities that they had at that time. But I sort of decided, it's almost like reverse Russian dolls, like how small do I have to make myself in order for it to be okay for you family, for you teachers in school, for you world. And... I put myself into some pretty small boxes, and that causes so much anxiety because now you're, like, stuffed into some little box where it's, like, okay enough for everybody else, but you can barely breathe, and you, you certainly can't be who you are. This generation of kids is never going in the box. God bless. I would say not. Well, no we're going to have to take They are break. not conformists. <laughs> And yeah. so, you know, part of what's happening is these kids are kind of forcing their parents to um, reconcile their own inner experience because you're not going to survive as a parent of a child like this unless you do. Well, Jen and Fur, let's take a quick break. And this is an amazing conversation, and I know a lot of parents will want to hear this. But this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking to... Jennifer Wahlberger. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's time to take a new look at some of life's changing moments. It's time to listen to an expert who has been there and can provide insight through experience, studies, and enlightening guests. Tune in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Host Lindsay Levinson takes a look at relationships, parenting, health and wellness, divorce, depression, sexuality, philanthropy, and mental health. You'll look at everything you know in a different way. Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, airs Wednesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you, too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on Earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and now... 
we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio, and I'm James Robinson, and we are talking to Jennifer Wahlberger, who's written several books and is a, uh, a consultant and therapist with her company uh, in California that helps parents and children and families learn how to be happy and more conscious. And one thing I wanted to talk about that we briefly mentioned on the last segment was the idea that energy has a lot to do with how the family operates and how the relationships form and how the children grow up and how that affects them. So Jennifer, could you explain a little bit about how energy is important and and knowing a little bit about energy can help parents and their children have better lives? Sure. I think all of us actually know this from our direct experience, and increasingly there's also science that backs that up. So I'll talk about the first one first. Um, If you've ever walked into a room, a party, and felt a vibe, either an open vibe or you met somebody and you just kind of got a weird feeling and you felt your body starting to tense up a little bit, that's energy. So who we are is infinitely more than just, you know, our bodies. We are actually, our energy is um, something that, uh, you know, our our bodies kind of um, encase, if you will, but we expand far beyond our physical, uh, just, you know, corporal um, selves. And, you know, the evidence of this in science now is, uh, growing by leaps and bounds. And it's like, you know, the best of what science really can do is kind of confirm what we already know. And especially in the arena of parenting, I've seen parents, they don't really care about the research anymore. They don't really want to know, you know, um, what kind of uh, parenting experience is scientifically good for their kids. But it is kind of shocking to realize that as far as this sort of contagiousness of energy is concerned that it actually can shape your DNA. That was probably the most surprising piece of research that Derek and I came across in researching Calm Mama, Happy Baby. And um, what they showed was that toxic stress 
which is kind of chronic levels of stress built up over days and weeks and sometimes months. Um, as a parent, you bring that energy, that, that toxic stress into the home environment, into your family environment. <laughs> Kids are so porous and open that they're sponging up and taking on moms and dads stress. And there was one study that, sh- that tracked kids from a very early age all the way through teenager and found that that toxic stress did alter genetic expression later. So that energy, if you will, also exp- uh, affects their physical well-being. It affects their social and academic learning. It affects their emotional well-being. It affects all aspects of their growth. And so, you know, it could make you kind of terrified as a parent to, you know, think about the ramifications of that. But the opportunity is to sort of turn that on its head and go, okay, this is actually an opportunity for me to be very deliberate and proactive about the energy that I am bringing into my household and the energy that I'm bringing into the relationship with my child and the energy that I'm bringing into the couple relationship. And so energy is just... Um, you could say the sort of physical registering of something that's non-physical but very much part of the environment. And James, I'm sure you have plenty to say about that yourself. Well, I know that certainly people need to be more diligent and, and be more aware of you know, h- how they are presenting themselves to their partner or their children because I remember when my father would come home and he'd had a bad day, we'd all scatter because it was not fun to be around him when he was irritated and, uh, you know, on the hunt, so to speak. But, you know, also it's important to know not only do you have to watch yourself, but you have to watch your child, I would think. Wouldn't that be true? Because if the child is reacting to something you're doing, that can be a red flag for you to say, wait a minute, what am I doing to create this this behavior? Yes. And one of the most powerful illustrations of that that I see on a regular basis in my parenting groups in Los Angeles with new mothers Sometimes when we talk about a subject in class that's more difficult, whether it's, you know, about marriage or, you know, maybe about your own past, the room suddenly starts to feel very heavy and the babies all start to fuss and cry and it's uncanny. And so I used to sort of stop class and sing a Twinkle Twinkle song and bring the room down, you know, in terms of calming everybody. Now... I have all the moms take three deep breaths. That is all we do. Just three deep breaths, no talking. At the end of the third exhale, you can hear a pin drop in the room. Ten out of ten times, the babies immediately calm when the mommies themselves take that step. And so... Absolutely. You know, kids, again, are, are very sensitive and, you know, they're, they're sort of wired to study and scrutinize mom and dad because biology says, well, you survived. So let me try to be just like you. Let me think like you. Let me talk like you. Let me feel like you. Let me act like you. And so um, kids will absolutely see a parent's behavior and kind of internalize that as something that they need to become because 
you know, that's their aim. And that's why time and again, you'll find as a parent, if you are bringing that stress or, you know, in some cases, it's even more than stress. It's, it's stress that's being acted out, sadly, through, you know, um, uh, yelling or, you know, really unrealistic expectations of kids um, far beyond what their capacities really are or, um, you know, uh, emotionally uh, not being able to connect. There's all kinds of ways that can manifest. And so, you know, mom and dad and family life is the most riveting reality TV kids will ever see. And they will be replaying all of those episodes in their minds forever. And that's pretty, pretty, um, you know, huge to imagine. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I can remember uh, all the times that my parents did things that I still remember today. And, you know, that was like when I was three, four, five years old. So it's something that we never forget. Um, one thing I wanted to tell everybody uh, in, a, in the next segment, Jennifer's graciously agreed to share some breathing techniques or a breathing technique that will help us calm down and be present and uh, to help us focus on what we need to focus on. So we'll be doing that in the next segment. One thing I, I wondered is, is there any kind of common energy that, you know, negatively impacts our children that you see regularly or over and over again that, you know, our uh, current generation is carrying with them that people may not even be aware of? You know, I think if I could boil it down to one thing, it's lack of taking responsibility for your own internal experience. So we all consciously and sometimes unconsciously are constantly dumping our experience onto other people. It's actually a much bigger form of pollution than, you know, all the other things that we talk about in our environment and, you know, littering and things like that. It's a huge form of pollution that people are doing on a regular basis, often without even realizing they're doing it. But, you know, what happens when we go into fear ourselves, whether because we have financial issues or we're having difficulty in our couple relationship or we're having trouble at work or, you know, there's some kind of stress going on in our lives. That registers as fear to the brain. And all of us are going to go to one of three primary places with that fear. You're going to get aggressive and fight. You're going to shut down and freeze and put up walls. Or you're going to run away. And so any one of those fight, flight, freeze behaviors in relationship with your child plus sometimes this sort of emotional dump that tends to happen unwittingly makes for a very heavy burden for that child to carry because we can all remember as kids, like you were saying, you know, those feelings or experiences of something's not right here. Dad seems really far away. You know, the room feels really uncomfortable. What's going on? And so as a kid, you can't make any sense of that. You don't realize that it's something to do with them. You think it's you. Kids will almost always make up a story when mom and dad seem not okay in some way or something seems off in the household that it's because of something they did or didn't do. 
And so they start to tell themselves these stories. And over time, with repeated experience, the way neurology works, neurons that wire together, fire together. So whatever experience you're having over and over and over, such as, you know, constantly being exposed to fighting or being yelled at or um, feeling this, you know, some families didn't have, don't have, you know, outright um, violence or arguments going on, but they have, um, you know, just tension in the household, which is kind of just as deadly in its own way. But whatever it is, kids kind of take that on and they go, well, there must be something I'm doing or not doing, so let me try. Let me keep trying to behave a different way or do something different or engage them in a different way. There must be a way that I can fix this. And so, you know, again, coming back to taking that responsibility, you have to start looking at and, and being very aware of the energy that you're bringing into all of those interactions with little ones and with everybody. And once you do, it will be scary at first because you'll go, holy cow, I have all these habits and patterns and tendencies that, you know, I'm really afraid, actually, of being in a relationship. Most people are terrified. If you really, really, you know, look at it, they're terrified to be in a relationship in an authentic way. But the only, you know, real way to um, do it differently is to start to peel those layers and to go, all right, this is what's really happening inside of me, and I need to start owning what I really feel. So instead of coming to my spouse and having an argument, I'm going to say, you know what, I've been feeling really disconnected from you and I don't know how to fix that. Let's talk about it. Or, you know what, little child, mommy's had a very long day at the office and I really do want to play with you, but I just need five minutes to change my clothes and then I'm going to get down on the floor and play with you, even though there's a thousand other things that I need to do, I'm going to make that time to connect with you and be with you because you matter that much to me. There's nobody that's ever sat on their deathbed going, you know what? I wish I had a bigger house and I wish I spent more time in my car or at work. (laughs) Everybody always says at the end of life, I wish I had spent more time with the people that I really care about. We've just got a couple of minutes before we take another break, but is there, is there anything that uh, people who are listening to the program, a practice that they can do to help them do that, to help them bring it back to themselves and remember that you know, I am, what I say or feel now is affecting other people? Yes, it's the discipline of choosing to turn your focus from the other person you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, or you're not giving me what I need to me. What am I doing that is contributing to whatever I'm complaining about? What is my action, my thought, my feeling that is contributing to this discord? So in the Call Mama Happy Baby book, we talk about, you know, the the most stressful things that you can do include blaming yourself. So it's not about blaming yourself. It's about taking responsibility, which is very different. Blaming other people and looking to the past and looking to the future and not being in the now. 
And so it's, you know, gathering up all of that and going, okay, I'm not going to project any of that onto somebody else, onto the past, onto the future. I'm just going to be right here, right now with myself going, okay, what am I doing? Let me take a look here. What thoughts am I creating? What feelings am I not taking responsibility for by actually feeling them? What actions am I doing that are contributing to the discord here? And, you know, I've personally found it incredibly liberating to say I am responsible for my own experience, period, the end, no question, nobody else. Wow, that's, uh, that's just, uh, people should be paying for this advice. I know you won't disagree with me, but it's, it's um, time to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your books, and then we can get into the breathing technique that you're going to share with us. So uh, this is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we're talking with Jennifer Wahlberger, who uh, has got a lot of great ideas on how to be better parents, better uh, children, and better Uh, spouses or partners we will be right back streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com how do you achieve the utmost success in your life career faith relationships, and more? It's all here in The Business of Living with host Scott Ventrella. Scott has experience as an executive coach, sought-after speaker, and lecturer. He and his guests will offer practical solutions and strategies to help you move to the next level of success no matter where you are in your life and career. The Business of Living airs live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe. And what keeps her so popular over 50 years later? Good Night Maryland Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are a dreamer aspiring to realize your dreams, join host Michael Friedlander for Dreamers, Winners, and Making a Difference. For Michael, to be a winner doesn't mean you must have finished first or must have great wealth, fame, and lots of toys. Instead, It means you must have realized your dreams without cheating or acting unethically. It means you must have made a difference for the better in the lives of those you've touched. Tune in to Dreamers, Winners, and Making a Difference, live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email 
to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson, and we have on our show today Jennifer Wahlberger, who is sharing some incredibly uh, advanced uh, thoughts and concepts about parenting and interrelationships. And one thing I I want to talk about now, Jennifer, is your books that you've written. I know that you've written several books, and I want you to have an opportunity to tell people what they are and, and what they can do for them. Sure. Um, well, their first book that I wrote was called The Sleep Easy Solution, and there's actually a companion DVD that goes with that, and uh, my Sleepy Planet co-founder, Jill Spivak, and I created those uh, for parents whose little ones are not sleeping. Um, although the truth is that the second book, Call Mom a Happy Baby, is actually the prequel <laughs> to The Sleep Easy Solution, because if you read Call Mama Happy Baby and follow the principles in that book, you won't ever have to worry about having a sleep problem with your child because um, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, uh, your energy and the degree to which you can bring a peaceful and calm and centered energy into your parenting experience will absolutely affect your little one's sleep and feeding and behavior and a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Okay, and also know that you have um, have a new, a relatively new method for helping your clients called the CALM method, C-A-L-M, and could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, that's something that Derek and I, uh, my co-author of CALM Mama Happy Baby, Derek O'Neill, and I developed for that book, and although there really is no technique for becoming present, um, there I I myself needed a way to kind of break down, you know, what that really meant and what that looked like. And so um, I found this acronym helpful, and others may as well. But it spells C A L M, and this works in the parent-child relationship. It works in any relationship in terms of you know just how can I come into this moment without being lost in my trigger, whatever that is. So C stands for cancel negative thoughts. And the negative thoughts would be any version of I'm doing something wrong, you're doing something wrong, or this shouldn't be happening. (laughs) So whether you're, you know, having an argument with a loved one or your child is behaving in a way that you don't like or whatever it may be, um, just, you know, drop, let go, release that negative thought, take a big deep breath, and A, allow your feelings. So for me personally, this is something that I avoided for years. I find that especially it's ironic that a lot of sensitive people really have no idea how to actually feel their feelings. And again, this isn't something that's typically taught. We're, we're taught other things in school that we never use, but we're not really taught just how to be with our feelings. And so this is all about, you know, kind of going, well, what am I really feeling? And where is that energy in my body? Oh, I feel a lot of tightness in my stomach. Well, does it have a shape? Yeah, it's kind of like a ball. Does it have a color? Mm, it's kind of orange. 
Is it moving or staying still? Well, it's kind of pulsing. Is it heavy or light? Oh, it's heavy. Is it hot or cold? So it's really just a game, but it's a way to ask these questions to get very specific about how you're experiencing energy in your body. And so all emotions are just energy. It's energy in motion, but it's not actually you know, in motion, if you are blocking it, avoiding it, suppressing it, denying it. So what I found is that the key is to go into it. And actually that has a very calming effect. And so as you allow yourself to feel your feelings in this way and actually hold space and spend time discovering what it really feels like in your body, number one, the more you're in your body, the less you're in your head, looping those negative thoughts. Number two, as you do so, you'll find the feelings just shift and change and shift and change. And I can now take myself from a 22 on an anxiety scale down to about a two and a half in seven seconds um, just by going within that way. Um, Step three is L. This is for listen. So if you're doing this work with yourself, you're now going to very kindly and compassionately listen to the answers you get to those questions and what am I feeling? Don't judge it. Don't nuke it. Don't try to get rid of it. Just be with it. If you're using this acronym with another person, you're now going to flip your attention to the other person and link up and listen and connect with that person. So if you're having a difficult interaction with somebody else, whether it's your child or your partner or whoever... Rather than focusing on your own agenda and your own trigger and justifying why you should be upset, flip your focus to the other person's shoes and just listen and connect with that person and hear the feelings that they're feeling more than the words that they're saying, which is the much deeper truth of what's being experienced and expressed. M is for mirror um, what's just being experienced. So again, if you're doing it with yourself, you're just saying to yourself some version of, even though I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now, it's really okay for this anxiety to be here. And I'm just going to allow this feeling to be and keep breathing. If you're working with somebody else, just reflect back the feelings that you're hearing. Don't stay stuck in the content. Go deeper than that and really hear what the person is trying to tell you. Like if somebody's yelling at you, chances are really excellent. They're actually in some sort of pain and possibly feeling disconnected from you. So if you, instead of going into the trigger, just hold space and listen first, you'll find that after you've done CALM, you're in a much more grounded, centered place to be able to respond to your child, to be able to have, you know, a calmer conversation with your loved one um, than you otherwise would have been. And so if you're, you know, whether you're parenting a, a child or a younger baby, if you cycle through those steps before you actually take action to, you know, pick them up or fix something, we're so, you know, quick to fix discomfort. Kids don't really want you to fix their discomfort. They just want you to be there with them. And you'll find, you know, nine times out of 10, the discomfort fixes itself just by virtue of the fact that you're holding space. And I think that's really true for just about everybody. Well, that's an amazing tool for and technique for people to actually raise their awareness because I know that this is a, a, a practice that I've been doing for some time. And, you know, you really can't catch yourself before you do something you'll regret later. 
But I, I guess now would be a great time if, if you uh, would like to do a breathing technique so people can learn how to breathe for a better life. Great. So if you're listening, um, just as long as you're not driving and you're, you're home somewhere safe, um, just close your eyes and bring your awareness to your body. And again, without trying to fix anything, without trying to change anything, I'm not going to ask you to take a deep breath. I'm just going to ask you to focus on your breath and just notice what it's doing. Is it focused in your belly area? Is it in your chest? Is it jagged or smooth? Is it fast or slow? If you really tune in, can you notice where there may be actually some muscle tension that's preventing your breath from expanding into your body as much as it otherwise could? And again, don't try to change it as you're noticing these things. Just notice and watch how as you notice and become more aware of your breath, that it actually begins to change all by itself and possibly slow down a little bit and possibly expand a little bit. Just keep bringing your attention back to that breath and now you can take even a further step from being the witness of your breath to actually becoming your breath. What does it feel like to be your breath? Do you feel as the breath constricted and tight or expansive? feel free and liberated or restricted in some way. What is your experience of being your own breath? And as you continue to embody being your breath, where does that take you? Does it take you deeper into your body? Does it even take you beyond your body? What would it feel like to be a breath that is actually breathing the entire room? What would it feel like to be a breath that is breathing life into every living thing? Touch something 
so universal in embodying the breath of life that breathes life into every living thing. And what would it be like to expand even more into breathing the creation of the entire universe and being the breath of creation itself? Just allow your experience and embodiment of the breath of life itself to take you wherever it takes you. And always remember that the breath is universally present among every being you encounter. It's one of the things that we all share. So we can honor this breath as something that connects us all. Whenever you're ready, just come back into your body and open your eyes. And you may find that your breath feels different than when you started. And that's it. Wow, Jennifer, that's just, um, <laughs> that was fun. Um, I hope everybody got a uh, benefit from that, and certainly with all techniques, practice makes it better. Um, one thing I wanted everybody to know that if, if they want to book a session with you or take advantage of your work, uh, you have a website. I think it's calmandhappy.com. Is that correct? Calmandhappy.com and also sleepyplanet.com. Okay, so if the listeners would like to... Um, take advantage of Jennifer's services, please uh, log on to one of those two websites, commonhappy.com, and the other one was Sleepy uh, Planet. Uh, is that what you said? Yep, sleepyplanet.com. Oh, okay. All right, and um, let's see. And certainly, if anybody would like to uh, pull this show back up, you can go on uh, voiceamerica.com on on my website, on my page, and you can listen to this show uh, over and over again to get the breathing technique down. And so thank you uh, so much, Jennifer. You've been a great guest, uh, giving us a lot of practical tips on how to uh, be better parents, being better spouses or partners, and be better people. And thank the listeners for tuning in for, uh, to make your life a better life as well. So this is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. We've been talking to Jennifer Wahlberger, and we will be with you next week. Thank 
you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self. <laughs>